you've hit a plateau that has you asking, is this it? Have you accomplished all you've set out to do in life and are not feeling as fulfilled as you thought you would? It is normal at midlife to reassess what's working for you and what's not. It's also normal to want to reclaim your time, your energy, and your joy. Let's make the best out of the second half of our lives by having more fun, experiencing more peace, and feeling more joy. If any of this resonates with you, then this podcast is for you. I'm Megan Bayless-Bartley. Now let's get ready to shift our shit. Hello, welcome back. Episode 8, part 2 with Rob Giltner. He is going to tell us about his own experience with therapy. Mm-hmm. So what? Oh, how, how did you come about, you know, going to therapy or getting your own therapy or? Yeah. So early on, and unfortunately, it was like forced. Yeah. I, I got forced. Yeah. But, you know, parents, Kid, yeah, yeah, hey, you need to kind of come here. And um, how old were you? I think the first time, um, I want to say maybe around somewhere between 10 to 12. Okay. I think so. Okay. I'm, I mentioned the last one, I'm blind a lot, like that type of memory. I don't know. Right. It's actually better to go by grades. So what I grade think like you? fifth grade. So what, what age is that? You'd be 10 okay. to 11. Good. Yeah. So okay. right on the number. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And forced forced like hey you should you should go talk to somebody yeah, yeah. my parents separated um around that then and say hey you kind of need to talk to but anybody um but unfortunately a lot of my therapy experiences weren't good ones oh no yeah and it actually makes me have like a pet peeve that i probably should work on yeah uh, should. can work should. on no, I, I, <laughs> should. I could work on thank you um uh, but is when clients come to see us yeah. and they share, gosh, my last therapist did yes. this X, Y, and Z that maybe something we may not have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it upsets me or they share, oh, yeah, it wasn't a great experience. Yes. So I, and I think I've talked about this to you, maybe to a fault <laughs> at the end of almost every session, especially with couples, I say like, look, if you don't like, this process, me, how I go about yes. it, you are not stuck because 100%. I don't want clients to have kind of my experience. And it's nothing yeah. against the therapist that I um, worked with. Yes. It's just kind of didn't align or. Right. It's a fit. It's a fit thing. It is. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just a fit thing. Yeah. They, did, they didn't do anything unethical or anything right. like that. It, right, right, it's right. all just kind of, yeah, a fit. Or if you're ready to be there or not. Right. Timing you know, is everything yes, yes. a fit. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. If, if you're, you're forced ready. as a kid, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to be a great experience, which mm-hmm. is why, you know, when parents do, okay, listeners, you're going to mm-hmm. be parents a lot of times is like, don't force your kid to go to therapy. Right. Like, I mean, there might be times where you think your kid needs therapy mm-hmm. and there's big things going on. Kid might not really need therapy, yeah. you know, unless kid is showing actual mm-hmm. negative things that we need to figure out or right. whatever. Um, you know, parents are really the mm-hmm. first line of defense when it comes to talking through things with kids mm-hmm. and being open and all that. Like, I feel like a lot of times, you know, back in the day when I did do work mm-hmm. with quote unquote kids, it was a lot of parent stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and then just coaching the parent to do certain things. Yeah. Which comes up a lot in couple therapy. Sure, it like, does. How do we talk to our kid about mm-hmm. this? You know, mm-hmm. and then you encourage them, well, try these things, you know, or. Mm-hmm. And then the kid might not actually need the therapy. Right. Yeah. And so I do want to echo something. I think it's similar to what Keith talked about. Yeah. But one of the uh, privileges maybe of doing what we do is you get to be around a lot of therapists. And so yes. 
you know, really benefited in school um, from the supervisors who are therapists. And while they're not doing therapy from you, you know, when they are uh, assisting you, yeah. you know, sometimes you can leave with that and then work on it with yourself. And yeah. kind of, so that that is something that I feel like I did really well. Um, and then after and working with you and here and yeah. we have wonderful therapists around us. So while it's not, uh, you know, no one's my individual therapy and we don't really do therapy oh. with each other, obviously, but sometimes the trance yes. of like support and healing yes. can be transferred to yes. you know, people right. in the mindfulness center. And we, I think we are fairly therapeutic mm -hmm. with each other mm -hmm. you know like we all we're very compassionate with one another we're wanting to hear like concerned like how are you doing mm -hmm. like is there anything i need to be updated about like and it comes from a very genuine heartfelt place mm -hmm. you know like there's an honesty and an authentic you know authentic i can't say it mm -hmm. authenticity i think so i think <laughs> I that's it. it okay um so i think there's a energy about it right mm -hmm. like and that's mm -hmm. why i love the idea of creating the mindfulness center is is having it have a certain level of synergy mm -hmm. even though like you've said before like we don't spend a lot of time together as therapists mm -hmm. but when we do see each other we know that there's like a positive regard mm -hmm. for each other yes. you know mm -hmm. it's not a competitive environment it's not a like you know who's out to get who right or whatever it's more like how can we help or how can we support? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Okay. So kid, as a kid, you went, didn't have a great experience. Right. Did you have any, did you have any better experience with therapy? Was that your only time with therapy? No, or? I kind of um, went to a therapist slash like sports psychologist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, not helpful. Again, he didn't do anything wrong. It just, um, it was. Did you want to go? No, I was there for the wrong okay. reason. Okay. Yeah. It's, Sometimes parents can overinvest themselves and coaches into someone's yeah. life. And uh, so, yeah, it, more like an assessment. And mm -hmm. I, I think I do respect the uh, the therapist. Yeah, kind of recommended, hey, I don't think Rob needs to come back. Awesome. So, like, it was helpful in that way. But, yeah. yes, again, somewhere you didn't kind of need to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then so I eventually kind of uh, felt, you know, found a therapist that was helpful. And that's something that. Is sparing, you know, kind of what sparingly, see, I'm sparingly, yeah. sparingly. Yeah. yeah. So kind of come and go. And, but really, um, I just get echo around the mindfulness center. It's you, again, no one's the therapist, but just it, it kind of rubs off. Yeah. Uh, but I do have something because we all go through yeah. different seasons and yeah. some seasons in life are challenging. And so I do have 100%. Yeah, the support system. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe when that next season yeah. comes. Well, and maybe you did some premarital therapy mm -hmm. before you went to you got married. Got married in the Catholic Church, so kind of had to. You had to, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, right, right. And so from a priest, or you did it with the deacons or something. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Okay. And that was, I've got to tell you, really hard. Uh, yeah, tell us a little. If yeah. you want to share anything, because I've heard these stories mm -hmm. where it's like what the priest says to the, you know couple or whatever right like a little it's, bit like oh. well and, you know I, catholicism's great my wife's catholic yeah. you know it's global's very catholic town yep. uh if in my opinion if there was one growth area it'd be less rigidity so less yes. a little bit of the kind of judgment yes so that is just like not that rubs up again maybe against my like yes. kind of a belief but it's just hard because uh the whole time and i haven't done this with any other therapist but not the whole time, but I'm wondering, yeah. it's like, you know, that's not something I would go about it. Uh, like, I'm so passionate about couples therapy and I yes. just, but I did and I would, you know, sat on my hands and very respectful. We got, listened. we got, yeah, listened. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was, it, 
Yeah. I may have gone about it. What about, excuse me, would have gone about it differently. differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a story recently. I'll just throw this out there because I'm sure there's people listening who may have experienced this, but where the priest told the wife, you're, he's, he's going to have a higher libido than you. And so your job is to have sex whenever he wants. Oh my gosh. Which I yeah. was horrified. That's like, I've heard a lot of things horrified. similar. That's for those pet peeves oh. I talk about. I just, Yes. Oh man. How would you talk about libido in a session with a couple? Oh uh, gosh. Okay. So this is a good one because yeah. this will be juicy. And yeah. so just to help give me kind of context, it'd be like one partner has higher libido yes. and this that partner is complaining. The partner's complaining that maybe the other person he they keep let's say let's just say because mm -hmm. it's not always this way, but the man has the higher libido. Mm -hmm. The woman is, you know, maybe they have a couple kids, you know, she's feeling kind of tired mm -hmm. and, you know, doesn't want to, you know, not, she doesn't want to have sex as much as he wants mm -hmm. to. Um, she's, she's interested in sex, but, you know, mm -hmm. feeling like at the end of the day, uh, she's tired, yeah. you know, and she's like one more, this is one more thing I have to do or mm -hmm. whatever. So. Well, first, I would hope, and we want to assess, is like, well, can they talk about that? Yes. It's something hard to talk about. One, sometimes like sex can be taboo yep. in some relationships. Yep. But then also, speaking of emotionally charged events, like libido can be a want slash need. Yes. And it's closer in the need for some individuals. Yes. The persuading and then defending of your own reality, the need and want. Yes can be very challenging and damaging uh, within communication. And so there could be, yeah, like I'm persuading my partner, this is what I need. And if yeah. they're not having the same reality, the same experience, then they're more likely to defend, withdraw, protect themselves. Yes. And then you get stuck. You're kind of in gridlock. So yeah. I really want to assess, like, can we talk about it? Because another key thing in relationships that can go well is can we accept our partner's influence and yes. the influence doesn't have to be okay everything that they want i'm going to give them right but so much of couples work is one taking care of each other so you care for each other but can you take care for each other yes. and part of that is that teamwork how do we work together yes. to get to a time and a place when it is the right time to maybe solve yes. or um I'm missing my words, but what's yeah. compromise? compromise? You know, there's yes, many, yes, yes. many level, levels of what a solution could look like. Right. So that's kind of my long-winded place of where we'd start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that it seems like that comes up a lot with couples. Oh, sure. Where they're just, which is normal mm -hmm. to not have the same libido because you're two separate people, mm -hmm. right? Right. And you're experiencing two separate things based on your lifespan development. So. Mm -hmm where you all used to be you know mm -hmm. sexually intimate you know early on in your relationship likely is going to change over the years yeah and and sex is so fragile yeah. you know you think just the act of it of you know if we're naked when we're doing it right. that is a very fragile exposed kind of vulnerable. yeah vulnerable yeah. so vulnerable i think is the word yeah. i want to use yeah. um and it's also vulnerable to have effects of emotionally charged events. Stress can affect performance. Yes. Um, safety can prevent, yes. you know, the need to make, uh, the, yeah, the need, I would say, yes. that we can't maybe be vulnerable and yeah. our emotions can feel like that. So it's so fragile too. And so the fragility, like anything that's fragile can be hard to yes. move and yes. to- Delicate. It's you very, very you gotta be very cautious and careful. Yeah. And 
it's it's hard to be constantly cautious. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, throw that out there. Well, and, you know, I remember in grad school, we learned, or I, you know, still sticks with me 22 years later, um, that the largest sex organ is the brain. Mm. You know, that how we think about it, how we're, what we're feeling about it, all the things. It's not necessarily like the actual sex organs, mm -hmm. it's the brain and how stress affects that. And, you know, maybe hormonally mm -hmm. as far as like you know menopause or aging or mm -hmm. whatever like it's all gonna have right. you know different effects on it mm -hmm. yeah well we got way off topic we did being about you and your therapy yeah, right. <laughs> but it's good it's, mm -hmm. it's informative and i'm right. sure our listeners will appreciate us being open and honest to be able to have these conversations right again because it, it can be a hard subject matter to yeah. talk about but uh you know sex is common in marriages yes. relationships so well, and I actually think it is very uncommon for, you know, people who are not therapists mm -hmm. to talk about sex sure. as openly and honestly in their relationship mm -hmm. as maybe us therapists where we're like, we know the value of this. You know, we know that it's mm -hmm. there's a value to being open and honest with our partners. About yeah. This, you know, and this is maybe where that sensitivity comes up. Yeah. I just want to clarify common in the sense of, oh, yes, you can have may have had sex with your partner not common as it needs to be like the rigidity like needs to be every day every week you yeah. know what the, a healthy sex life for a relationship depends on what the relationship you yes. kind of needs what needs yeah yes. so i don't yes don't like the comparisons rigidity those right you know uh, the bubblegum TikToks. you need to have sex with your partner every 10 minutes like no, no. like that um, Yes. There's no need. It's what works for one right. couple works for Absolutely. Another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So nor normality, that kind of I don't like the more normal thing. It kind of mm -hmm. weirds me out too because you know, it there's maybe not something normal. Like right. normal within the context of your relationship. Yeah, exactly. Like when you were first together, it was likely one thing, mm -hmm. you know, and then as you you know, progressed in your relationship, got married, had kids if you did, mm -hmm. you know, had stressors or whatever, it might change over time. And I want to speak on that if you don't mind yes, or course. something similar, okay. because I know we don't have a lot of time sure. left, but I think it's kind of very important. Um, I kind of conceptualize love is a feeling. So we love each other. You and your partner may love each other. Yes. That's a feeling. It's also an ability or can be. Yes. And we Action. tend, yeah, we yeah. tend to be more able earlier in their influence, mm -hmm. some, I mean, or early in the relationship for a number of possible factors. One is, yeah, you have that like dopamine dump, you're excited. And so you naturally invest yourself into your partner. Mm -hmm. You're curious. Mm -hmm. Gosh, who is this person? You're, yeah. And that, yeah. imagine what curiosity does to relationship. Yeah. So you're wanting to know who they are. And then you can kind of dream together early, early in a relationship. Mm -hmm. You create shared meaning. We're going on dates. We're trying new things. We're I'm getting outside my comfort zone with this person. Uh, my wife and I have been to uh, a pumpkin patch one time and we did it early in the relationship. So you're trying, <laughs> you're creating shared meaning. You're finding what you both can align on there's this exploration and that's can unfortunately be easier to do because typically we might um you know in certain stages in life you know not have kids or work and but maybe we do but anyway there's just so many factors that can make it easier to have our ability higher early in a relationship and then as things maybe get normalized or our attention is required to other places 
it, it's challenging. And so that's part of what couples therapy can help with. Just, I think kind of like giving the oil change yeah. example or your tires yeah. is that it kind of helps us increase or get back to the ability as we already maybe have. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very interesting. Yeah. I like it. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been wonderful. Yeah. It's gone by very quickly. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want your, you know, our listeners to know or potential clients? Mm -hmm. Rob is very uh, much in high demand right now. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. you. You've accomplished quite a lot this year. Um, and, you know, is there anything that you would say else? Yeah, there's a few things, especially for putting this on the, <laughs> like the bio page, like yeah. welcome if you're welcome. watching it. Yeah, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. But like as a couple and I'd say this like jokingly, but but we we get shit done. And so done. so this uh, my couples therapy work is not for everybody. And I tell them that because some couples need a you know a therapist for every session and maybe if it's in that maintenance mode yeah, of yeah. we're going to come and the therapist is going to ask oh what do you want to talk about today and you hash it out and you can do it clearly and then you leave right you know my work maybe is for couples who've experienced a lot of loss like we just can't communicate at all yep. or we're, we feel like roommates yep. we are not maybe uh, our abilities are really kind of depleted. Yes. And so this is for couples who are maybe, maybe wanting to connect, yes. reconnect, repair, heal in that way. Right. And so we, we, we work and it is work. Yes, it is. In a very kind of sensitive, like and we talked about sensitivity and yeah. compassionate, understanding way. But we work, especially early on, to develop a plan as, in a very collaborative way. My work is very collaborative and best aligns in what you know the couple is needing when they're coming into the session okay. there's also this ability of this um a condition like behavior yes. so we got to get our reps in outside mm -hmm. of the therapy the mm -hmm. therapist session mm -hmm. and so um like exercising the body you go to the gym you do your three reps of 10 in kind of mm -hmm. each exercise there's work that i try to collaborate with outside of the session that we practice the reps yes. and some couples need accountability. So I provide that accountability. Yes. We had, we hit measurables. We have yes. measurable goals. This is the way we can measure things are improving. And if it's not, then we look at that problem in yeah. a very kind of, um, why aren't we hitting it in uh -huh. a way? And all that again is, it sounds very stern and rigid, but uh, if you read my bio, a lot of the work is very, um, we include art like music we conceptualize yes. things in a different way so metaphors, yeah metaphor so it's soft yeah. and yeah. it's comforting it's healing because one thing i really think i'm sensitive to is making sure 24 7 everybody in the session is as comfortable as possible yeah now we can't always be comfortable <laughs> right. because we have to get outside and we're going to hear things yes but one thing we develop yeah is this tolerance Yes. for our partner's discomfort yes. my partner's in pain and i know i'm long-winded but the tolerance can be you know maybe if i lied to my wife i have shame yes. and so that shame makes me want to uh, fix apologize yes. you know um overdo it overdo it yeah but then my wife's not feeling her maybe understood right. it's about me then right. or maybe again I, I get so defensive i listen and i get triggered i have this emotional charge response so developing this like tolerance yes. to have difficult conversations but also to sit with our partner's discomfort yes so we're not gonna always gonna be comfortable right. i'm more of like making sure everybody is feeling courtesy and respect and yeah. loved yeah. 
yes. um, in session. So long-winded, but that is maybe a quick little snapshot. And also yes. within that work, the couples will get things that are tangible. Yes. Something they can leave with. Uh, tools for their toolbox. Exactly. Yeah. Tools for the toolbox. Awesome. So wanted to throw that out there. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you, Rob, for being here today. Mm -hmm. If you want to find out more about Rob, please visit our website, mindfulness-center.com. And uh, Rob does offer free 10 minute consult if you're interested, um, but schedule it now because he's mm -hmm. booking up, I'll tell you. All right, until next time, take care. Thank you everybody.